Our text for meditation this Quinquagesima Sunday is on our Old Testament reading, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Hear the word of our Lord. The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. And invite Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint for me him whom I declare to you. Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him trembling and said, Do you come peaceably? And he said, Peaceably. I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. When they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by, and he said, Neither has the Lord chosen this one. And Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Are all your sons here? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, but behold, he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, Send and get him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose and went up and went to Ramah. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Do not look on his appearance, or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. There is a kind of irony in these words. King Saul, whom God picked to be the first king over Israel, was the tallest man in the country. He was a mighty warrior, a brilliant strategist, a humble statesman, and a family man with a good reputation, and he was tall. But God rejected him, despite these qualifications. In fact, our Lord rejected King Saul despite what in outward appearance is a good track record of fighting God's enemies, uniting God's people, 
showing graciousness to former enemies and rejecting idolatry. Yes, he performed one sacrifice that may have been deemed unlawful. He imperfectly obeyed God when it came to executing Agag of the Amalekites. He attempted to kill David, and the night before his death he consulted the witch at Endor. But before we think of him as a massive failure, remember that the man served on the throne for 40 years. These few sins I listed are the only things which mar his reputation. Who among our politicians wouldn't covet a 40-year tenure with so few scandals? Yet Saul was rejected as king. His outward appearance and outward success did nothing to cure his inward lack of faith. His concern for the nation of Israel took precedence in his heart, which constantly worried about the people's direction, well-being, approval, and praise. His heart wandered from focus upon God, and he turned wicked. Do not look on his appearance, or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. In our reading, God says this not regarding King Saul, but regarding Eliab, David's older brother. The same judgment which rejected Saul was applied to Eliab and Abinadab and Shammah, all of whom were found wanting despite apparently looking good enough for the throne. Like the rejection of Saul, we ought to be surprised by this. Certainly we do not know much about David's brothers, but they were all older than David. They had experience in running things, that their younger brother did not. And a nation is like a family. The eldest in a family would by nature be more competent to run a nation. Before Samuel hears this message from God, we can sympathize with his inclination to anoint the eldest. Now we must remember that when God says, Man looks on the outward appearance. He is not just saying that we are just superficial or shallow with appearances. That is true more often than not, I must confess. We often show partiality to the man who flaunts his expensive clothes or has the most squared jaw or the biggest muscles. But if it were that simple... Telling people that God does not pick out the best looking, then we would only be excusing our sins. In truth, so many people think they are looking past the superficial when they choose leaders, but they still get stuck on worldly qualifications and ideas. We think to ourselves, oh, that man is good at recruiting people in business, so he should be our evangelism guy. We say to ourselves, now that guy is a good speaker. He should be our pastor. When picking out kings and presidents and other politicians, we attempt to make things all about their previous experience and qualifications rather than their 
character. We think ourselves wise, but our priorities are backwards. Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. There is another irony. Because David is selected and he is described in our passage as being, quote, ruddy, with good eyes and handsome. You see, we are still thinking backwards if we just flipped the script and start ignoring the externals entirely or prioritizing a lack of them. We must not twist this passage to make the same mistakes in the opposite direction. God does not love the ugly man more than the handsome one, the failure more than the success story, the underdog more than the champion. If God favored the weak over the strong in all cases, he would have chosen some quadriplegic with brain damage to be king over the handsome and mighty David. Thus, we can only conclude here that God considers the heart first, but not exclusively. In fact, in certain circumstances, appearance and ability is very important to our Lord, especially in the ceremonial aspects of the Mosaic Law that required the priests to wear special garments with expensive jewels and gold. He chose David, who was handsome and strong, to represent his rule over Israel. Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Though God considers the heart first and foremost, we must ask what that means. What does it mean to have a heart that God shall choose? The passage does not tell us, but it does give us a hint. After the anointing, the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon David from that day forward. The Holy Spirit came upon and sealed him, and why? The Holy Spirit is not capricious. He only dwells with those who trust in God. King David had faith in our Lord. To God, there is nothing of value in us without faith. What good is work experience when a man cannot be trusted to use it for the kingdom? What good is a nice face and a tall body when the man is not trusting in God to use these blessings for his cause? But with faith, there is value before our Lord, and he decides to work with and through us. Suddenly, our skills have merit in heaven. Our appearances are useful for making people comfortable, hearing the right message, and all manner of other strengths we may have are now pleasing to him. Outwardly, Saul may have been a greater leader than David. Inwardly, David was the greatest king Israel ever had. 
Outwardly, David's brothers may have been more qualified for an anointing than their youngest sibling. Inwardly, David was counted as being the best candidate possible. Outwardly, humanity judges others by the virtues of handsomeness, riches, experience, and skill. Inwardly, God judges us based on our heart for him. That is, living faith which seeks the Lord and all his will. David the shepherd was just such a man. He trusted in the Lord, lived with penitent faith, served with all his heart, and thus was blessed. He was blessed with forty years of his own rule. He was blessed with being undefeated in battle. God blessed his ambitions and brought him great success. More importantly than any of these, our Lord blessed him with being the first in the royal line that would continue until our Lord Christ was born in it. On account of David's heart being oriented to God through faith and a will to please our heavenly king, a royal lineage was born which resulted in our salvation as Christ the son of David went to the cross for all our sins. We do well to evaluate our hearts here, beloved. Are we obsessed with the externals? Or conversely, do we sin by denigrating them or forsaking them altogether? Do we psychotically chase after the prettiest, the richest, and the most experienced? Or conversely, do we pervert natural blessings by seeking out the ugliest, most debased, and foolish? If the answer is yes, then may we repent and seek to please God with the right priorities. Faith and a devout heart first, followed by the right use of the blessings he has given us. Now the peace of our Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.